Before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had a mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to his son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to, for, to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to his son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to his son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Thank you, Catherine. Um, so, yeah. How exciting. Angels, baby Jesus, Mary and Joseph. It's that time of year again. It's nearly Christmas. Um, I get more excited than most people about Christmas, which is probably why at G2 I'm often wheeled out during the Christmas season uh, to get excited from the front. So um, let me ask you, how Christmassy are you feeling? Um, have, you started your, have you started your present shopping yet? Um, if you're anything like me, um, you have an Amazon account which has got a massive wish list, and you've already, I've, I've already bought at least 50% of my Christmas presents from the comfort of my own armchair. Um, how many mince pies have you devoured? That many? Um, I think counting since, since, the, uh, since the end of October when they went on sale in M&S, I think I've got through four boxes so far, which is fairly impressive. Um, with some help, of course, from uh, my friends. Uh, maybe... Um, you've even gone as far as getting your Christmas tree up. Um, I haven't got that far yet, but maybe some of you have. Anybody? One person with a Christmas tree up. Look at that. Very impressive. Or maybe um, you haven't even realised that today is the 25th of November. And in exactly a month's time from now, it will be Christmas Day. Um, I wonder what you will be doing at half past four in a month's time. Will you be watching Chitty Chitty Bang Bang for the 11th time? Yes. Maybe, um, I hope not, because I personally think it's dreadful, um, you'll have the Miranda Christmas special on. Yes. I, know that, I know that divides opinions slightly. Um, maybe you'll be playing with your new Christmas gadget, or if you're anything like my family, you'll have just about got through the fourth of seven courses in your Christmas dinner. But... Um, Traditionally, in the Christian church, Christmas and the month before Christmas is a time for us to prepare our hearts for Jesus. Um, often it's called the season of Advent. So um, at G2, that's just what we're going to do over these next few weeks. We're going to prepare for Jesus. We're going to have, um, we're going to celebrate the season of Advent together. So, before we start, oh, that's the Christmas TV, I missed that one. Um, before I start, I thought I'd give you a hand to get into the Christmas cheer. So, Bilbo, could you uh, get the music on? So, here we go. So, uh, here's our very own G2 Christmas tree, which just about stands. Uh, we have um, some tinsel. Ben, um, would you kindly go and decorate the dolphin with the tinsel? I've always wanted to put tinsel on that dolphin. I don't know why, but I'm doing it now. 
And um, Christmas would not be complete without an item of Christmas clothing, so if you bear with me one second. Here's my uh, classic Christmas knitwear, ready to get you in the season. And finally, is there anyone that would like a mince pie? Um, just a, a short disclaimer, if I throw a mince pie at you and it in any way damages your clothes, um, I will not pay for them. Um, also, if it falls on the floor and uh, makes a mess, you have to clear it up and not me. So, if you want a mince pie, I've got 12, so stand up. Right. Here we go. Henry, you ready? Let's try the youth table. You're going to have to fight over this. <laughs> Anybody else? Andy? <laughs> We've only got through the first box. Alright, we've got six more to go. Advent together. Yeah. Um, one last thing, just to get you just in the mood, we're just going to have a nice bit of a Christmas consumer indoctrination from the lovely people at John Lewis. So, uh, can you put that up, please? Give a little more love this Christmas. That's the, uh, the slogan of John Lewis this Christmas. Um, can we have the slides back up? And in a very different way, um, this also sums up uh, the message of Christmas that we're going to be looking at at G2 this year. Give more love this Christmas. So let me ask you, how far would you go in the name of love? Would you go as far as that snowman? Would you be so relentless in the pursuit of love that you would cross dual carriageways, climb up mountains, and get all the way to John Lewis just for the power of love, just for that perfectly matching hat and scarf combination? Um, I know a little bit about sacrificial love myself because uh, recently I've become uh, a fantastic husband. Um, I got married uh, about two months ago. And um, here's a little tip for you. Um, a good way to, to, um, to show your love for your wife, make her a cup of tea in the morning. That's it. <laughs> but um, in terms of going the extra mile for love, um, I can't quite back... 
Uh, in terms of going the extra mile in the name of love, um, I can't quite top this story that I read in the Daily Mail earlier this week. I don't always read the Daily Mail, just to clarify. It was purely for research purposes. Um, so this is Alan Jenkins. And you can't see very well, but um, I'll read to you from the Daily Mail. After 15 happy years with his wife, Alan Jenkins decided it was time for the ultimate expression of love. So, determined to prove his devotion, he had a life-size image of her face, along with those of his two daughters, tattooed on his back. The painful procedure took 20 hours and cost £870. Unfortunately for the besotted Alan, it also backfired on a monumental scale after Lisa, 36, absconded with a 25-year-old Latvian hunk she had met at work. (laughs) Speaking last night... The jilted steel worker said, it's a real sickener. I thought she was happy. I had it done because I thought we loved each other, but now I just feel betrayed. Oh. So that's Alan Jenkins. But love, as you can see, is a very powerful thing. And at the heart of the Christmas message is the ultimate expression of love, far beyond anything we could comprehend humanly. God became man. Have you ever stopped for one second to appreciate how breathtaking that is? God became man. God, the creator of the entire universe. God, who spoke life and it came into being. God, who is infinite in goodness. God, who is so holy that even just seeing his, when Moses just saw his heel, he, he had to wear a veil over his face. God who existed before the universe. God knows all. God sustains all. And God became man. For love. For the love of humanity. To reconcile each one of you with him. The most unlikely an incredible thing happened. God became man. He walked around for 30 years on this earth, on this very earth that we stand on now. He was born, he grew up, he made friends, he irritated people, he ate food, he drank wine, he understood human culture, he had a good time, he cried, he laughed, he died. God was as human as me and you. That is the ludicrous message that is at the heart of Christmas. You might think, for one of an amusing illustration, that it's a little bit like um, Sir Alex Ferguson, um, after 26 years in charge of Manchester United, suddenly decides that he's going to leave the glory of Old Trafford and move to Bootham Crescent and manage York City for the rest of his career. Or maybe it's not a bit like that. Maybe it's a bit like... Brad Pitt deciding that he's going to reject all the Hollywood offers that come in for the next film. And instead, he's going to go around the corner to Tang Hall and take the lead role in Your your Son's Nativity Play. Actually, it's more crazy than both of those things. But maybe that just helps you to understand how ludicrous it is. How easy is it for this truth to just be sentimentalised to us? 
How easy is it to hear the words from the Bible that we heard at the beginning and for them to just be another part of our Christmas traditions? Because for me, I know that I hear those words, Jesus is the reason for the season. Don't forget the Christ from Christmas. I hear those every year. In the same way, I eat mince pies every year. I put up a Christmas tree every year. They're just another part of my Christmas tradition. And the truth is that I have become numb to the message of Christmas. I don't know about anybody else, but it doesn't amaze me anymore like it should. But the truth is, it needs to. We have to grasp the extent of God's love. We have to regain our amazement of this fact that God became man. Because this totally shapes our understanding of God. It totally shapes how we are to live as Christians. Without this fact that God became man, our faith starts to look pretty bare. So right at the start of Matthew's Gospel, we have this first introduction to Jesus that we find in the New Testament. And we're told here that Jesus is God, not in so many words, But there's a feeling the writer is just itching to tell us about who Jesus is. And there's a lot that we could unpack and learn from this passage. Um, I'm not going to deny that. Um, But today I want us just to think about one word. For the rest of this meeting I want us to concentrate on one word. And, And it's in verse 23. The virgin will be with child. And will give birth to a son and they will call him... Emmanuel, which means God with us. And you might think that um, there isn't enough content in this one word for us to speak about for the rest of the meeting. Um, I think there's probably enough content in that one word for us to have this meeting every week for the rest of your life. Because there's so much that we can understand from this. Emmanuel God with us. Um, The story has it that John Wesley, the famous hymn writer, theologian, and church leader, went to his deathbed with these words on his lips. Farewell, farewell. The best of all is God with us. God is with us. What I want to suggest to you today is that actually those aren't words for your deathbed. Those are words for your life. They are words that ought to affect how you live. But I think to really get a flavour of how incredible the truth of this is, we need to really understand the Jewish mindset of the time. So the Jews were, and still are, a fiercely monotheist people. And when we say monotheist, we just mean that they believe there is only one God. So the God that we see in the Old Testament, the God that created the universe in in Genesis chapter 1, the Jews believe there is one God. And to be in God's presence for the Jews was a big deal. It was almost unheard of to come face to face with him. And only the high priest could enter into his presence. And even still, legend has it, they used to tie a rope Onto the, onto the high priest's ankle when he went into the middle of the temple, the Holy of Holies. Just in case he died when he was in there, someone could yank him out without having to go in and face God's presence themselves. 
So the Jews believed in one powerful almighty God. So for a first century Jewish teacher to come and say that he was God, to come and teach his disciples that he was God, it was disgusting, it was outrageous, it was blasphemous. You can't really understand how serious we ought to take this claim if it is true, unless we understand the fact that where Jesus came from. And every other religion in the world teaches us that here is a perfect morality, here is a perfect system of goodness that God has given us to get to him. And the message of Christmas, the message of Emmanuel is that your situation is too dire for that. Your situation is too desperate. Moral goodness will never be enough to get you to God. You will only get to God by trusting in Jesus Christ to forgive your sins. Trusting in Jesus Christ as God to cure your heart. That is what Emmanuel means. Okay. So... One of my favourite philosophers at the moment is a Danish guy called Soren Kierkegaard, who I'm uh, studying a lot at the moment to try and write an essay on. And um, he argues that there are two responses that we might possibly have um, to this idea of incarnation, to Emmanuel, the fact that God is man. So the first is that we might be offended by how ludicrous it is. It's irrational, it's blasphemous, we should just dismiss it. And the second option that we might have, he suggests, is one of faith. And faith is not just something that you just believe in for Kierkegaard. Faith is something that affects everything that you do. You see, the problem with the truth that God is man is that it doesn't leave us any room for an apathetic response. There isn't a halfway house. It doesn't fit neatly into our Christmas traditions at all. It either changes everything or it changes nothing. You see, the awkward thing is that um, the Bible teaches that the church today are the body of Christ on earth. That we today continue the work that Christ has begun. So in some way we need to become those Emmanuel people. We need to understand this truth of God with us. God could have made himself known through the biggest, boldest act you've ever seen. He could have put on the biggest song and dance number, filled the skies with angels. He could have come and ruled over, his gov- ruled over the earth with a perfectly good totalitarian government. But he didn't. What did he do? God comes to earth as a normal Middle Eastern man. And he lives. And the crazy thing is, that I kind of just realised this week, is that people don't even realise that this is the God that created the universe. This guy is walking around them for 30 years, and even his disciples are confused about who he is. They ask each other, who is this man? And it's not really until after his resurrection that the church, that his disciples fully grasp who Jesus is. Now what does this tell you about God? What does it tell you about how he works? 
Well, I think it tells us that God engages with the world through inviting people to be in relationship with him. And so, if we want to be, in some way, Emmanuel people, we need to learn how to do the same. So, there's this movement called the Advent Conspiracy, which is what um, our talks the next few weeks at G2 are based around, the things that we're going to be doing. And the idea of this is to get back to the very heart of Christmas, to strip away um, all of the greed, all of the consumerism associated with Christmas, and to rediscover um, some of the core truths about these things we've been talking about. And the values that they, um, that they teach are love all, give more, spend less, worship fully. And today, we're going to, um, what we've been thinking about is Jesus, who is God as man. And I think God as man really um, embodies these values of love all. And give more. Jesus loves everybody he comes into contact with. Whether that's the religious people, the sick people, the outcast, the working class, the upper class, the women, the children. Jesus loves everybody. And he gives unconditionally. He didn't really have much stuff. He didn't really have much money to give. But he gave himself totally. He gave his time, he gave his effort, and ultimately he gave his life for people. So if we want to learn how we ought to live in view of this, then in some way we need to do the same, as I've just said. Um, so to help us think about this practically, we're just going to watch a video that's made by these nice people um, in the Advent Conspiracy, who have some ideas of how we might do this. So how are you going to to bring Jesus to people this Christmas. Maybe some of those ideas on that video, let me just get into the right place. So maybe some of those ideas on that video have sparked something in you. Maybe um, there's some ideas which maybe you could make part of your Christmas this year. But ultimately, God is not a God who planted an idea in humanity and left them to it. He is a God who packed up his suitcase and lived among real people with real problems. He met them on their level. And by doing this, he showed them a God of overwhelming love. He showed them a need for forgiveness. He redeemed them from the inside out. The question is, how are we going to be a part of that? So let's go back to Advent. Let me tell you, if you haven't got a plan for the next month, um, there's a perfectly good one available for you, um, and it will probably happen a bit, a bit like this. You have a Delia's turkey recipe, you've got um, Amazon deliveries, you've got Home Alone 1, 2, and 3. Is there a 4? There's a 4? Is there a 5? There's no 5, there's a 4. Uh, you, spend, you can spend all your time decorating your Christmas tree, could go to the Panto at York Theatre Royal. Please don't, because I work there and we don't want any more custom. <laughs> oh, this is on record now, isn't it? <laughs> but anyway, if that is your plan for Advent, if that is your Advent calendar, then Christmas will be over before you know it. The point of Advent, as we said at the beginning, was to prepare ourselves for Jesus, to rediscover 
this truth of Emmanuel, God with us. Not to get us in the Christmas mood. So let me ask you, what is your plan for Advent? What does your Advent calendar look like in the next month? Maybe um, there might be something you can drop or cut back on. It might be spending money on Christmas presents like uh, we saw in the video. It might be, um, for me, it might be, I'm going to spend less money, less time playing on Football Manager um, and spend more time um, with people that really need my time. Doesn't matter anyway. Jesus, isn't it? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so it might be that you could cut back on something. I don't know what it is. It might be a football manager. It might be Facebook. It might be, I don't know, there might be something that you do in your life which um, is totally unnecessary or even that is good but you might just want to drop it for a month that we might be able to um, spend more time focusing on Jesus this Christmas. Um, it might be something financially that you could give up. Maybe um, it's whatever you're going to stop spending money on chocolate for the whole of Advent. Or maybe you're going to stop spending money on beer or mince pies. Um, whatever it is, there might be some money that you could stop spending. And in the place, there might be some really valuable things that we could do. Um, so, for example, last week um, we heard from Compassion, which was excellent. And that is a really brilliant thing that we can do as a church on a global level. Um, but as a community, um, as, on a local level, we're going to do something together um, to help you um, to do something valuable over this Advent season. So um, as part of cell groups and clusters at G2, um, and if you don't know what they are, basically every, everybody in G2 um, should be in a cell group if you can make it. Um, which are brilliant, a really good place for community where we, uh, we read the Bible together, we share a meal together, we get to know each other, we worship each other. And um, each of these cells... We don't worship each other. We don't do that. We worship together. Um, so anyway, each of these cell groups belongs um, to a cluster... And each cluster um, is responsible for, the, for um, doing mission, for looking outwards. Um, and all of our clusters and cell groups over this Christmas period are going to do something um, missional together. We're going to go out shopping um, to buy things for hampers. Um, things to put in hampers um, for Beesum. And Beesum is a charity in York which gives things to people that need it. So we're all going to go out shopping buy tons of things for people that really need it. And then, um, I think, on the 16th of December, is that right, Christian? Um, We're all going to come together as G2, and we're going to go and deliver these hampers to the people in our community. We're going to go and show some of that love that God showed to us um, to the people in our community. So, even if you're not part of a cell or cluster, can I ask you to to be on board with that this Christmas? if you think you could spare some time to, to go shopping with a cell then, um, and you've not got a cell, then please come and speak to me or Gav or Christian after the meeting and we'll point you in the right direction. Um, but that's a really good thing that we can do as a community on a local level. Um, but finally, what about um, Emmanuel? What about God with us on a personal level? Well, at the heart of Christmas is this truth that God paid 
ultimate cost to be with you. Let me ask all of us a question right now. What are you doing this Advent to be closer to God? And what is your excuse for not doing more? Um, maybe you don't have enough time to pray in the morning because um, you get up really early. Um, maybe it's just a simple lack of self-discipline. Maybe you've got six screaming kids and you're really busy. Um, and all of these things are excuses. But what we really mean when we say these things is it will cost us. It will cost us to be more devoted to prayer. It will cost me sleep. It will cost me time working on my essay, time with my wife. It will cost me. It will cost me to respond to God. That's true. But it's also true that it cost God far more than we can ever possibly comprehend to be with us. For God to be man cost more than we could ever imagine. God became human and he died to reconcile you with him. So whatever it will cost you to spend more time with him, whatever it will cost you to give more of yourself to God this Advent, it will never compare to what it cost God to be with you. So ultimately, me included, we, we don't have an excuse if this is true. If God is with us, then we don't have an excuse. Let me ask you the question again. What are you going to do with your Advent? What is your Advent going to be about? Um, I'm just going to pray. And the band are going to come up, I think. Um, and it'd be really good to sing together, just to respond to that. Um, and to think about some of these things. To think about um, how we're going to give ourselves to God this Christmas. Um, but I'll just pray, and then I'll hand over to Paul. So, Father God, we thank you so much that you chose to come. And be among us. Father, we thank you that you gave yourself freely. We thank you that Emmanuel is true, that God is with us. We thank you, Father, that you became man, that you walked on this earth. And Father, I just pray that you would keep us from neglecting how amazing that truth is. I, Father, I pray that you would keep us from letting that affect our lives, from letting it affect how we think about you. Father, I just pray that over this time before Christmas that we might just regain our amazement of how wonderful you are, of how marvellous that truth is, that you became man. And Father, I just ask that, um, that, that we would draw closer to you over this time of Advent. Father, I pray that it may be a time that we really draw closer to you. I pray that... Um, that we, would be fir- that we would be passionate in prayer, Father. I pray that we would be passionate in worship. I pray that we would be passionate in our giving to other people with our time, with our money. And Father, I just pray that um, you would write it on our hearts that you are with us, Lord. 